It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. drummer Jim Newson with Urban Tech Talk on the radio. I am his co-host Jacqueline Taylor Adams and I'll be your host today. We have a special show going on today. Today we, this is Father's Day. So first I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, to the uncles and brothers and cousins and mentors. Uh, We just want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And we thank you for being fathers, because without our fathers, where would we be? Also, on this Father's Day, we have a special edition of The Digital Drummer. Our special guest today is Michael Imani. And he is the moderator for the group CAP, Congress of African People STEM Group, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. And we're going to speak with Michael today, and we're talking all science, engineering, technology, and math. We're talking STEM today. So if you want to know what is STEM, what's so exciting about STEM, what motivates people, and actually, you know, I think we all basically have an idea of science and technology and most, well, we know math, but what is engineering? And what makes science and engineering and technology and math, what makes those things so exciting? What's another way we can view them? And then most importantly, I hope we gain some knowledge on some resources so that we can Um, Go out, find more, share it with each other, with our children, with our classrooms, 
and hopefully we'll we'll take advantage of this opportunity to extend their education just beyond what our children are learning in school. So whether it's with our children, with nieces, nephews, neighbors, that we will get excited about STEM and start talking about these things in our everyday conversation and make STEM cool. So we do have a caller on the line, and I'm hoping this is Mr. Michael. Caller from the 815, how are you? And welcome to the Digital Drummer. Thank you, Jacqueline. Yes, it's it's Michael. It's me. Hi, how are you, how are you sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you well, doing, Jim? the way we... Oh, Jim is not here at this time, but we're going to give a shout-out to Jim, and let's just keep him, like, just hope he's well, because that's the only time we would not be here, so let's just keep him in our prayers today, and this is a special Father's Day, (laughs) but we want to um, definitely shout him out. So, Michael, you know, the world wants to know first, who is Michael Imani? Tell us a little bit about the man, Michael Imani. Tell us about your name. Tell us, you know, let the audience know how to spell your name. And tell us a little bit about you, the man. And then we'll go on to talk about Cap and Stem. Sure. Um, well, Michael, you know, it's basically the, the Hebrew spelling of Michael, you know, which is my which is my name. But I just chose to use the actual spelling of what it means, which means you know um, who is like God. So I decided to use that, drop the basically the European um, version of my name online at least, and Imani being Swahili for faith. So like I said, I think that's just kind of fitting of my risk of my personality. Um, like I said, it's not a lot to tell about me. Basically, I you know I grew up um, in the Chicago in the Chicago suburbs. Um, actually, it's an area called Bellwood, Illinois. Um, we like to, you know, we call it the West West Side. It was, um, it was a really good place, and like I said that's where I really started um, as a kid, getting into, you know, science and everything. Because I was a huge, and still am, a huge science fiction fan. I grew up on shows like um, Battlestar Galactica, The Six Million Dollar Man, uh, Buck Rogers. And, you know, Star Trek and seeing, you know, these people do amazing things with, you know, with lasers shooting around and spaceships and robots and things like that. And that really, you know, that really appealed to me as a kid. But one of the um, shows that actually really pushed me um, towards, you know, getting into science and understanding more about it was actually a British show called Doctor Who which is about a time traveler who travels in space and time with different people from Earth, and they encounter different things. And that is what really sparked it to say, wow, I would like to have my own time ship. I would really like to build my own spaceship and leave Earth because Earth was primitive and there are aliens out there, and I want to see all of that. So when I, you know, as I you know, got older, I said I started reading more science fiction books, and then later on I started reading um, science books, getting more getting more into it. And one of the things that uh, kind of baffled my teachers is at the time I was very bad at math. I was very poor. Okay. But yet my science grades were good, and they couldn't understand why. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, they ask my mother, like, how is it that you, how you know all of this, yet you're poor at math? Well, I found out is that I'm an autodidact. I don't learn in the normal, in the normal fashion way. I just can't sit and listen to somebody talk for an, like, an entire hour and teach. It doesn't work with me. I'm a self-learner. You know, it's okay. a, it's been, I've, that, that, it took years. It took to me, I was an adult, to find out I was like that. Like, I'm like, how come I can pick up a science book or a physics book, start reading it, and start understanding the concepts, but if somebody's talking to me in the classroom, I pretty much will almost zone out. But when mm-hmm. it comes to time for the test, I can pass it. So, like I said, I just learned that I'm just a self-learner, and, that's, and I enjoy learning. But growing up where I so grew up, so how do you spell that word diadem? Like I'm, I'm uh, typing uh, stuff up in the chat room. Oh, sorry, it's um, autodidact. It's this A U T O D I A D A C T. It basically means uh, self learner, and the word that some people use is polymath. Is somebody okay. who's a self learner? Unfortunately, and wow, edu- you know that's the song that the show started off. That's the name of the show. The, the song, um, the song that started off the show is called Polymath, and it's by really? Anthony Stewart. Yeah, one of the members of the Urban Tech Fair. He has <laughs> called um, Visual Music, and you can find it on wow. Bandcamp. Yeah, and he spells oh, wow. music with a Z. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and that song is called Polymath. <laughs> I'll check that out then. Okay. But yeah, that's um, but that's pretty much like I said. I say again, it took me to I was an adult to find out that I, you know, that the things that I can learn, but I can't learn them in the normal way. It's very difficult for me. And mm-hmm. like I said, I found out. I found out more about it when I had my first um, astronomy class about 14 years ago. Um, the teacher, who's actually who's actually younger than I was, was teaching us, and we struck up a friendship. And he said, if I bought him lunch, he would teach me advanced math. And again, this is coming, you know, me thinking that I was actually dumb, you know, in math. Like I said, I can't do math, you know. I, I you know, it took it it takes a lot more for me to do it. But so he said, if I buy him lunch. He'll teach me advanced math. Fine, we did it. Went over to the cafeteria. First thing he showed me was a derivative. Within less than 10 minutes, I was doing derivatives. So that busted the myth of me thinking that I was too dumb to actually do math. Again, growing up, you know, in the neighborhood I did, things like math and science and things that were frowned on. It was about literally chasing the girls and um, make sure you could play some sports. I did neither. So, like I say, you know, I was the kid, unfortunately, who did get picked on because instead of being out there and playing, I was watching a guy travel through time, and I was thinking about how can I build my own time machine. And I actually did endeavor okay. to try to build a time machine when I was about 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I sadly mm. thought it had something to do with clocks. And my thought was, as a child, like, if you control the clock, you control time. So I literally took the clock apart. It was the kind that you would plug in. And what I didn't what I didn't learn about time travel, like I knew nothing about general relativity, special relativity, quantum mechanics, none of it. But I did find about electricity because I put my tongue on the two leads while the clock was still plugged in and knocked myself back Ooh. about five or six feet from a sitting position. 
So, like you said, I laugh about it now, but at the time, it's, it was a little scary, but I did find out that electricity really does flow, and it really does hurt. <laughs> oh, wow. What did your parents say? <laughs> I never told my mom. <laughs> I never told my oh, You told your dad? No. It's like, no one no one knew about it. And like I said, you know, I, I'm a mm-hmm. child of a single parent. So I said, my mom, okay. who is actually the... She actually influenced me greatly in, like, studying electronics because she used to actually do soldering um, on medical equipment. Okay. But this is a woman who actually was um, only had an education up to the 10th grade because she came from the Old South. She had to drop out mm-hmm. in order to help the family make money. So yeah. she never completed high school, but she knew how to solder. Mm-hmm. She used to bring home um, okay. electronics magazines, and I used to read them. So, and when I saw things like, you know, how to build your own laser in the back for 15 bucks, I begged my mom for 15 <laughs> bucks to say, Mom, I want a laser gun right now. <laughs> so that's, wow. um, so that's, the, you know, pretty much me in a nutshell. I said, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a science nerd. I work in information technology but I still have a love and passion for, for science still. You know, I'm not working in the field, but I say it's very vital to me, to you know, to be able to understand the world around us, to be able to analyze mm-hmm. it, get a feel of our place within it, especially being of African descent. And, again, not seeing any type of um, scientist or anybody that was of color when I was a kid you know, like I said, this became a critical mission for me. Like, our people need to understand these things and stop thinking, you know, being told that, well, you know, you can't do science. You know, that's really not for you. You know, we should have to, you know be something else. Be a basketball player. You know, take up sports. Hey, are you good at, you know, singing? Why don't you, you know, do entertainment? That's what we're normally inundated with. And I'm the person mm-hmm. that says, oh, no thanks. We can do other things, and history shows that our people can do great things. Just look at the pyramids. That's trigonometry right there. Yes. Well, that is, like, really interesting. So I would love, how did you interpret that interest um, with CAP? Well, first, you know, share with everyone what is CAP, what is a group CAP, and then um, How did you come to moderate or um, the STEM group? Well, um, it's, it's Congress of African People. Um, this was started by uh, Baba Nwamu Kabila, and we and so we started talking on actually on other forums, and then it's, a, it's going back a lot, so I barely remember how I got in there, <laughs> but you know he you know we started talking. See, I was interested in science and. Um, and Wallenbu asked me, did I want to, you know, to basically to moderate, you know, to be part of it. I think it's going back into like 2009, 2010, around. And I was like, uh, sure, I never moderated a thing in my life. So I decided, you know, say, okay, this would be good. And what I found was that an amazing amount of people in there, they said, no, I've met in there who are brilliant, who are of African descent, and it blew me away. It really blew me away. It's like, wow, how many, you know, all these unique perspectives coming in. 
And so, like I said, when I seen people really getting into it, I said I started throwing myself into you know really moderating the room and putting you know re- trying to put relevant material um, in there for our learning because I know that people who see these things, you know, my hope is that they will go and show it to others and teach other African you know African children or you know adults say there's something there's something special here and it's say and it's not something that I've done. This was a cooperative effort. You know, everybody said, you know, there are people, like I said, like, um, you know, in Wallamu, uh, Blaise Sanders, Casimir de los Santos, you know, people who are absolutely brilliant, you know, that helped put all this together. And I said, you know, this wasn't my show. This was all of us doing this. Okay. All righty. I do apologize. Well, um... That sounds really great. Now, okay, so now we're oh, at no, the no, you were you say I'm sorry, you didn't say anything wrong. I was saying it was this was just you no know, a cooperative you know a cooperative effort. You know, it wasn't about yeah. say, you know it wasn't my show or anything. No, you didn't say anything wrong. Okay, yeah, that just it was a bit going on at the same time. Um, okay, so now we're in the STEM group. Mm-hmm. And how do you translate, you know, your interest from a child and all? How does that translate? I know first you said you were in information technology. Yes. And um, just, you know, what uh, what do you do? What do you do in information technology specifically? Sure. Actually, I'm a desktop support technician. Basically, I'm a computer technician. That's what great, that's what great. I do to make bread on the, you know bread on the table. Um, I work for actually for a university. Been there, been with them for um, well, in this uh, with this particular group for about um, eleven years now. But I'm with the university for about fifteen, and so yes, I've been working okay. with information technology professionally since two thousand and three. But I used to mess around with computers back as far back as nineteen ninety seven. Great, great. And um, well, first I'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us on the panel on June 25th. We have a, um, we're doing a, a, what I call a solution cast called Computer Problems. Okay. And that's with a question mark and an exclamation point. We all uh-huh. have computer problems, and we would love to bring a panel together because what I have found is we have this great advanced technology but I'm finding most of us, especially entrepreneurs and a lot of um, businesses, even our central, central, central district businesses, the, okay. our um, systems aren't up to par with the technology. And one of the biggest things that's becoming super prevalent now is video streaming. Um, yes. Yeah, being able to video stream. So, because uh, I have people call me for interviews and bandwidth, I actually was in downtown Philadelphia at an office. The bandwidth mm-hmm. I could not keep a stream because the bandwidth wasn't up to par. So when we shop, when you know, I have purchased telecommunication services and internet. I've purchased all of those things for businesses, and you purchase it for home. So we're hoping to bring together in a solution cast people to be able to tell us where should our computers be? Where, you know, hmm. first, what what is our goal? You know, how should we, opt, where should our actual computers be? Internet-wise, what should we be looking for? So first, you know, in order to be able to stream at a certain level so that we're not buying one thing 
and then trying to do something else and wondering why we keep having these problems. And this right. is kind of, this is um, seems to be continuous. So first of all, you know what levels do we need to be to effectively stream? And I've seen this on Netflix. Netflix has a way of testing to see if you can actually do their movies and whether or not these things can run. So we're hoping a panel of experts can let us know where should we be um, in order to first, you know, to be able to maximize you know, use of the advanced technologies, things coming down, you know, what kind of memory. You know, these are all kind of questions we have, and we just battle and computer crashes. And, you know, are there some common things that we can easily avoid? And then, you know, just where do we need to be? And I know, like, some issues, Netflix is saying that, you know, Comcast and Verizon and them are purposely you know, charging high fees and not providing because, you know, in order for you to get what you need, you have to spend, you know, so much money with them. But there are ways that you can actually optimize outside of them in order to get it. You know, it's all of these different things going on. But I think most people just don't realize that. I don't know, have we gotten to the point we realize that we have a technology up here but our systems are all running, for the norm, systems are running much lower. Right. And so it's only very few people that can get up there or, or meet that meet that need. And it's becoming more and more prevalent, you know, requests to do interviews. Things are just global that you need to be able to have a quality stream. And um, do you have to have some big computer system or be the big computer guru to make that happen? So that's the kind of things we want to talk about. So I'd love to invite you to be on that panel um, for our solution cast on June 25th. Okay. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I'm swapping them on vacation that week, but I said, you know. Oh, it's, okay. It's but I said, if anything changes, like I said, I would let you know. Oh, okay. Well, it's great that you're on vacation. And um, so... Since we said that, then I would definitely like to then move on to the STEM. Since it's, um, you know, how do we convert that into what goes on in the STEM group? What kind of information? What are people sharing? What are they talking about? And just to share with everyone, this STEM group is on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, just do a search for CAP, C-A-P-E, and Science, Technology, Engineering, Math. If you type that in, or begin to type that in, the group will come up, and you can just join. It's an open group, correct? It's a, it is a closed uh, it's closed group. You can um, you know apply to it when you when you click on it and ask if you know ask to uh, request to join, and then you know and one of the admins you know will you know approve you know you being in there. I said you know, let you know that we do we do you know. We definitely want to share information and want you know people in there. I said, but we do have very strict rules of like again what gets posted and who's in there. Um, like I said, we are a you know a science oriented group. Um, we all have varying backgrounds when it comes to like I said you know things of you know faith and religion and so forth. So you know given that, like I said we don't. Um, focusing on anything that's based on a particular, um, you know, spiritual world worldview, because again, mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. Or only thing it does is starts arguments, and it actually gets away from what the group is about. So when we, yeah. you know, what 
when I post there, I let people know, you know, that I said we are focused on science, technology, you know, engineering, math. In other words, what we call the hard sciences, things that, you know, again, that come from the theoretical, like with mathematics, that go all the way to the practical, which would be the engineering and technology, which is um, mass producing of that particular thing. So that's, like I said, so we, we really focus on that. So the, the material that I that I put in there and other people put in there is on that, like the latest developments and, like, one of my favorites being nanotechnology, you know, saying what are the new developments that, you know, what are we doing with this technology? So, you know, and say, like, hey, you know, there's a new, um, you know, carbon fiber now that can be woven into different things, which basically would give that material a much stronger um, tensile strength, but it's still very, very light. And so like I said, so that's a big technology, especially there would be a boom for the um, the building industry or even the clothing industry. You know, to have you know, to having super light materials but have the density enough to resist damage. That's like I said, that's why I'm, you know, a big thing with technology is a is a big thing for me. You know, saying like what's coming down the uh what's coming down the pike with that and how it could be util- utilized to basically improve lives. Great, great. So, um, so what type of people are part of this group? I know are there, there are scientists, engineers, mathematicians. What type of people? Well, actually, everybody say yeah, we have, we have educators in there, and then we have people like I say you know, quote unquote, everyday people who work different jobs that are in there. Um, the vision for Cap, you know, Cap, uh, Cap STEM, was to basically help disseminate scientific, you know, information to the masses. That's what it's for, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not what, I call, what you would call, you know, an ivory tower type room where it's like, well, only if you have, a, you know, a master's or a Ph.D. can you be in here. Absolutely not, because I do not have a master's or a Ph.D. You know, so I'm like, you know, if that was the case, then I would be out of the room. But I said, we, you know, we wanted, you know, an open, an open group so that people who are really interested, you know, in science or, have, you know, like, you know, what is this particular thing could come and see it and see how people talk about it. You know, like, you know, and like I said, there was another room that opened up um, for the, called CAP, Math and Physics, which was more of a classroom for self-teaching. So I have, you know, everything in there from, you know, basic, like basic algebra, I mean basic stuff, all the way to advanced things. You know, and it's and it's and it varies. You know, say, so, you know, we can talk about, you know, this you know, kinematics, you know, movement in one dimension or two dimensions. You know, it's like Newtonian what's called Newtonian mechanics. And go all the way up to advanced concepts like, you know, quantum mechanics and quantum field theory, things that even, you know, I would struggle with but still have enough interest to actually want to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's even it's even conceptual wise. So, like I said, people who actually take science classes could go in there and maybe find a resource that they could use. So that's why I have mm-hmm. that. And CapSTEM has, the, you know, the same thing. Like, you know, if they had a class where somebody was talking about, say, they said quantum mechanics, what in the world? And if they're part of the, the CapSTEM room, they can be like, wait, somebody posted about that. Let me go look at this and see what this is about. And so maybe help them have a better understanding of the concept so they may do better in their class. 
So say, I see it as, um, as a you know, teaching aid and a repository for information. Well, it is. It's very interesting, and I always go in there, and I always go in and find interesting information. And I just want to give a shout-out to everyone in the chat room. How are you? And please feel free to um, post your name, post shout-outs if you have any questions for Michael. If you want to call in, that call-in number is Six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. Again, the calling number is six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. And press one if you need want to speak. Um. And okay, just to shout out everybody, we have a couple guests, and we have Prime O in the beginning, and we have a couple more guests. So. Primo, you know, okay, he sent the message all in code. I don't know the code, Primo. <laughs> oh, actually, that's me. Primo oh, okay, me. alrighty. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's something with Blog Talk that translates um, the text in the gobbledygook for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well. Blog Talk, yeah. Yeah, Blog Talk is great, but there's a lot more competition coming up. I remember it started with Blog Talk, and there wasn't too many, but now there's a lot more competition in a lot of various different formats. There's another format that actually you can do video and radio. They've oh, been wow. doing that for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stephanie Renee, she is a creative. Oh, this woman constantly creates she um, calls her company creator's child, but she is, she constantly is creating and creates. And she now runs um, what's called WURD um, radio station, 900 AM here in Philadelphia. You can go to 900AMWURD.com and find it online. It's okay. one of our black-owned talk radio stations here in Philadelphia, and she runs that, and she has a radio show called Soul Sanctuary, and she's been doing that for years. And she has the video, and so when she takes her trips and all, like she talks about where she's going. And now she videos when she goes on a road, when she does interviews and things, she does the video as well as the radio. So um, there's just some great new formats coming out there. So it does behoove our platforms to really get competitive because it is it is a competition out there. Well, so said, um for those go ahead. No said no said we need competition and you know, especially in this format, you know, because if one thing isn't working, hey, there's another out there too. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and so and I guess again, like I said, guess if you like to just please um if you have any questions, any statements, want to share any information, you can type it in in the chat room, and we'll talk about it on air. <laughs> so um, now um, in this year, the group, the Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, um, you know, share some, I know you're saying about some great conversation, research, just talk, but has anything special developed out of there? Have the conversations evolved anything? Have they manifested anything, you know, through the group? 
I'm talking, not that I've been made aware of, but like I said there are people in there who you know who are really doing some you know powerful things. Like I said one of the people mm-hmm. that I mentioned was um, was Blaze Sanders, who is poised to probably actually want to be an astronaut in the group. And mm-hmm. He's a young man that I've, I've talked to him, and I was part of his uh, group for for a little bit. Unfortunately. Time-wise, with me being in school at the time, you know, it didn't, you know, it didn't work out. So I didn't have the time anymore. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, he is one, um, one of our, you know, um, older, older members who is doing phenomenal things. You know, like I said, I'm proud of, I'm proud of this young man. You know, being, you know, being so young, but being very, very um, driven. You know, in his chosen mm-hmm. field, electrical. You know, he's an electrical engineer. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, just seeing seeing come out of that. Um, but other but other than that, I have not been made aware of if anybody has taken anything from here and have gone on with like I said, it has been shared with me, but but I'm not gonna say that mm-hmm. it has not happened. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just the networking together because you may be looking for one thing, you find it in a group and the networking together. Some people you know come together and collaborate, and then they yes. can do things. Now, you know, I have a personal question. Sure. Can you explain engineering to me? It's just always been, you know, like when people say engineering, you know, I know it's about systems because, you know, sometimes there's physical engineering, but then I have a friend, who he, he does business engineering. But can you just explain, you know, what is engineering? Well, engineering is its purest form is basically taking uh, theoretical ideas and putting flesh on them. Engineering is, you know, being able to, like you talked about systems, be able to analyze a particular system, knowing how all the parts work. You know, if you put, you know, if you push A, then B happens, and if B and A do one thing, then C is the result. It's taking those um, theoretical ideas. You know that that brings it from the mental into the physical realm, but making it such a way to economically make this idea manifest. So, for uh, for instance, let's um, think about the idea. Um, the okay, the transistor. A transistor being what you know you're using a transistor right now. Your computer chip is basically but a series of switches. That go on and mm-hmm. off. Now, 80 years ago, 90 years ago, you know, when quantum mechanics was at its heyday, we knew how electrons, you know, basically the part of the atom, which, you know, which is the smallest, the uh, the electrons that would that we, okay, like that. There are multiple ways to describe it. One way is to use the old um, Bohr atom, which is basically think of it like a planet orbiting a star, the star being the nucleus and the electrons being like the planets buzzing around it. That's not exactly what it is, but that's how it was thought of. Take that, Mm -hmm. and that electron has certain properties. Like it can go through things without going over them. And basically what we call quantum tunneling. That is the Mm -hmm. theoretical effect that in the 1950s, got brought into reality through what's called the transistor that 
exploited that effect, so it goes on and off. You know, it's um, it's an exploitation, and that small thing became the transistor, which will be I put transistor radios, and eventually computer chips. So basically, it brought a theoretical idea because no one can you can't see electrons; they're too small. You can't you can't see them. So it existed as a mathematical concept that was tested to find that if X if X happens, Y should be the result, and they found that to be true. So what happens if we learn how to manipulate X? Will we get the Y result? And they did, and that's how we got you know. So we brought something from the ethereal to the material, and that's all engineering is: is being able to bring something from the ethereal, you know, mental realm into the physical world to have a real-world product. So that's the best way that I can describe engineering and being able to manipulate that for your benefit. Okay. Does that make, make sense? Oh, yes, it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm just wondering why, me being a math person, why I didn't attach to engineering. Well, I know what it is. I had a block for science. I said, I don't like science. And I said, I'm not good at science. So once I got all the science I was required to graduate, that's as far as I would take it. So you did the math. So you actually understand Supposedly, 90% of what's actually done for engineering is math. It's like, okay. I, I, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. Everything else, like, he's just talking math. I like math. <laughs> yeah, it's like, say, it's, like it's a, it's, you know, what these, it's, a, it's mathematics being, it's still an ethereal concept, you know, a higher order mm-hmm. of thinking that yeah. gets brought down to the world. Say, so think of it of as an upside down pyramid. You know, you're, you mm-hmm. have your philosophical concept, which is the math. The math is a symbol to describe that concept, and you take that and put that against the real world, which which would be the um, experiment and testing. And if that proven to be true, it goes down to the tip. You know, this is the upside down apex, which becomes your product. Now, how does that differ from? Um you know, that's what we did in programming. You know, I guess they call it develop, developing or developers. But, you know, when I first came in, it was called computer programming. We took word problems, converted to them, converted them to mathematical formulas. You know, you took your problem, to, you know, figure the solution, convert that to a mathematical formula, and then interpret that, you know, into languages but that's how you work to solve that problem. So you, you know, they said this is my issue. So I take that issue, but that wasn't theoretical. These were real issues, and then we right. just would take them and convert them into mathematical formulas and find ways to, you know, either to solve them, resolve them, or manipulate them, or like say manipulate data, right, or expedite processes. Right, like I said, um. basically you did engineering. Like I said a, pro, I said a program is still a result, you know, is a still, well, a virtual, a virtual world result of, like I said, of a mental concept. It's still okay. there, you know. And so, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, with your, with your thought, I said you had a real world problem that got translated into mathematical language. 
which in turn got translated into a language that a computer understands, ones and zeros, or say zeros and ones. And from that came out, like I said, you know, that those zeros and ones representing certain characters, you know, especially if it's in English, you know, certain things and certain syntaxes, that eventually brought a real-world solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I said, you, said you still did engineering. That's what, software, that's what software engineering is, is taking, you know, ethereal problems and making them a real-world solution. Even though, the, you know, even though the program itself, if you really think about it, is still a mental concept. You can't touch a program, but you can make the computer do certain things to spit out uh, something like that, like a printout, you know, of you know numbers mm-hmm. of data and facts that is solid. It is there. It is material. But while it exists inside mm-hmm. the computer, you know, it's a it's still in technically ethereal concept, but it still has a real world, you know, has a real world effect. Like when you feed in information, like from stock reports, you know, we say, well, people are speculating on this. There's your mental. Well, what's even if we do this? Let's do statistical analysis. Let's you know. Let's do projection. You know, put that into you know to your computer. Use whatever program to make a program to have something come out to say, hey, this is what's go. This is what's going to happen. What's the real world effect? Somebody is either going to buy a product or they're going to sell the product. It has a real world effect either way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. That's very interesting for me, and I hope it uh, interested other people. I know that was just my personal thing, but I'm finding out now that, you know, I'm much more open to science, and now I'm even going to go explore engineering since I didn't take, I only took science as far as I had to. <laughs> the absolute <laughs> I think, I think, least I could do. I think I'm going to go explore physics and and look into engineering a little bit more. But see, okay, if I took that, if things, like I said, there were, well, unfortunately, there were issues in my life um, previously that prevented me from doing things that, you know, I look back at and I would have been good, but, I mean, that's neither here nor there. But there was a um, field I wanted to go into, which was called um, engineering physics. This would basically would be, I would be the person who would make the prototype because you have a theoretician who has, you know, has his or her concept that, again, that's basically data on a system. Then you have the engineer, on the other hand, who's thinking like, okay, how can we make this as economical as possible so that we keep the cost down but yet still make a profit out of it? I'm the guy in the center mm-hmm. says, I can care less about what either one of you think. Give me your theory. I want to see if it works, and that's it. I'm not worried about, you know, how much it's going to cost. To me, that's irrelevant. I want to see, hey, this is a good idea. Can this work? So, you know, that's what basically where I would I would be at that. Basically, you know, I'm like the middleman. You know, the you know the the um, the bridge between the theoretician and the engineer who's concerned about the cost of the you know the end product. Okay. All right. Well, this has been very interesting, very interesting conversation, and. I do um, suggest to everyone, please take a moment and join the um, 
Cat Science Group. Now you can go to Facebook.com forward slash groups, G-R-O-U-P-S, forward slash CAP, C-A-P, Science. So again, that's Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash CAP, Science. Just go there and join the group and, you know, learn some more and interact, and there's just a lot of great information there. So whatever you're into, and again, I just do hope, I hope the adults that are listening do go on and explore and then share information and concepts with your children. Find out, you know, what interests them and, you know, just share information. Um, don't try to force it on them. Just share information, and you'll start, you know, to realize that they may have an interest here, an interest there, and wherever you find an interest at, you know, just follow that up. But, you know, share information, and they may come back and ask you more, like, hey, what was that group? What was that thing you belonged to? What was you telling me about? I have a project to do. It's just, um, you know, just really great for us to begin to share with our youth, sometimes not force them and tell them, but just share with them, and they hear you. And then when the time or the need comes, they'll come back to you. They'll remember that you said something or you knew something about something, and then they'll start to seek information. So begin to just share with our youth. That's just one thing I really like to say with adults. You know, don't just keep it to yourself or just your study, but share with them. And don't try to force them, like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this, you got to do this to learn, you know. Like, you know, share with them. Or even right. if you want during the summer, say, hey, let's look at some STEM stuff. I want to see what sparks your interest in STEM, you know. And start exploring. At least, um, you know, that takes up your time, takes up your interest, takes up, you know, studying. But when they start to look, you know, for, you know, what strikes them, what's interesting to them, what do they find interesting, and you start asking them, you probably, you know, will be surprised. And then it makes them to take interest and to start looking at education a little bit different. Let me find a part in here that excites me. So they don't, you know, because I think we've all been impacted by our preconceived notions, and yeah. we realize later in life how we, limited ourselves because we put these preconceived notions in our head. Like I said, I don't like science, so I shut it down. And then I found out, actually, you know, even before I left high school, I found out science really wasn't so bad, you know. I just had that preconceived notion I didn't like it. So my first year of it was just hard because I just automatically had spoke that. See, like I said, I was the opposite. Like I said, we were taking math classes. You know, that math block, you know, that emotional block was there for me. Like, I don't know if I could do this. Do I really have to do this? Okay, let me try to blast through this, get this done, and not give a care about it afterwards. You know, and mm-hmm. like I said, come back from my, you know, from my background. You know, unfortunately, like I said, my mom, my mom, you know, she did encourage me, you know, the ways that she knew how. But again, go up mm-hmm. with certain situations. Situations of the past, um, where, like I said, I didn't have the confidence in myself to yeah. really push myself into, you know, say, getting into me deep into mathematics because that is the language of science. I mean, when you go to see like all you know, these new, you know, theoretical concepts, it's going to be a mathematical language. 
because it would take too long. It would be too difficult to explain in English. You know, like I said, you know, us being, you know, speaking English, how would you translate that to somebody who speaks Chinese? Math yeah, is universal. So we're with math is a universal language. Okay. Right. And so, well, like I said, um, for all of us listening, especially parents, that's a key point, a key point. And I know so many parents, so many adults, I know to say, I'm not good at math. Um, you have to be so, one, we have to be mindful of the things we speak in our own self-talk. Right. Then with your children around you, they hear it. I mean, I've had my grandkids grow up to be scared of the dentist because their mother was petrified of the dentist. So mm-hmm. her fear scared them. And you must be mindful. You may be only talking about yourself, but, you know, sometimes we say things like, ah, oh, man, I ain't no good at no man. If I don't think I can help you, oh, my God, and you do oh, all of this. And before you know it, you're throwing your kid in panic mode. They're not going to say nothing, but like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then they look up to you, so then they're like, well, they don't like math. I don't like math, or, um, or I can't do it. Sometimes, that, you know, correlation is made. So we need to be mindful of saying what we can't do. You may, I may, I'm having a hard time at the moment. Let me see what I can do to get over it. Where can I find help? There's different type of language that we can speak that empowers us as opposed to shuts us down. Absolutely. And it's really important. And I want people to hear that math. He said math is that universal language. And as we move into a techno, you know, we are in a technological society globally. That's where we are. So when we, we're crossing, crossing these global barriers, you know, English is not necessarily the main language. We're talking about math. With math, you can speak to anyone and create with anyone. That's why I had asked about the group because you grow going there, you can go to a group or find somebody, meet someone on the other side of the globe. You guys have common interests, common theories, or whatnot, and say, "Well, I have this part," and you're like, "Well, I have this part," and y'all work together. And somebody else may have another part, and as exactly. you can collaborate and work on things, and that could simply be through numbers. So embrace math. I know I love math so. <laughs> I'm a math geek, okay? I took extra credits in math and English. I did it since middle school, okay? So I'm weird. I understand it. But <laughs> no, I say, no, I'm that's not saying you have to love math like I do, but at least be open to it. Don't, don't do that thing about shut yourself down because some people I know that say that they can work numbers like crazy. They just, you know, you just put yourself a block. You know, one and one is two, period. That's some great things about math. Math can be, I mean, you do come in where delta is approaching zero and never arrives or delta is going. And there are times, and that's why I have a hard time when you take my math out of the period and logical and you put it into that approaching into that area. But for the most part, for most of our lives, our everyday lives, a lot of these things we've been talking about, your algebraic equations are so important, but they still always break down to simple math. You know, you divide, you subtract, you multiply in order to find out your unknowns. 
So, you know, grab a hold. There's so many ways to make it fun. I don't care if you do flashcards, they got rap, they got... There's so many different ways to make math fun, find a way. You know, there's always... My grandson, you know, I got him into it. I didn't. He followed us around, the women, when we would make, you know, kids love food. So when we would have big dinners, you know, we would make the table. So he started... Well, can I help? Yeah. So what he do? He had to count everything. One fork here, one fork. He would count, count, count. Count, count, count the next one. Count, count, count. And you sat up there and watched him figure it out by counting. And he even had a math block for a while. He would not, for some reason, memorize his timetables, but he mm-hmm. always could figure them out because he always knew if it was nine times six, he knew it was six groups of nine or nine groups of six. He right. always knew the concept. So it may take him longer, cause some problems when you get to the higher <laughs> number, you know, doing higher equations and things. But he always knew the concept. And I knew there had to be a mental block because, you know, he could remember, remember anything, but he just got to that point where he could not, um, for some reason, would not remember the multiplication tables. And you know, once he did, it kicked in. But he could always—he knew, always knew how to figure things out. So, math is great; it works to our advantage. Change your attitudes. <laughs> Absolutely, and actually, one of uh, what actually really helped me—I like said—I'm still learning, you know, math to this day. And in fact, there's a couple of books um, I can post them in the room real quick that actually helped me. But actually, it was my first physics teacher who said something to me that literally it broke everything that I ever thought about math, you know, and it was profound because it was so simple. I went to him and I and I asked him, like, you know, it's like, you know, I was having a hard time with math. And he just basically put his arms down, you know, on his desk. Look, I said, math, but addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. That's it. Forget about all the fancy symbols. Forget about, you know, mm-hmm. theta and sigma. Forget all that. It is mm-hmm. addition, multiplication, subtraction, division, and that's it. And, that's when it. you know, but the way he was doing it, you know, wasn't like angry. It was more like, I want you to understand this because as Sonda, he told he shared later on, he taught himself to read. So he mm-hmm. was also a polymath. So that's why he was mm-hmm. so passionate about it. You know, so I was like, wow, that's it. <clears throat> so when we see, like I said, the algebraic equations where people be like, oh, no, I, I can't do this. I, I can't, I don't know, it's, that's an A, yeah. that's an X. I, I don't know what to do with that. It's like, stop, stop, stop. Stop, because it all is going to break down to simple math, you, you know. That's it, right, that's and it. And simple that's math it. is going to help you find your unknown. So if you just take a moment and breathe and stop, don't worry about the unknown. Right. And, and yeah, it. you know, so people get to figure out like, well, gosh, you know, they get so focused on the letters mm-hmm. that you know, and um, but that's some things just understanding learning styles and different ways. Um, with my grandson, I had to, you know, I had to learn that. Um, you know, I was like, okay, I'd had to figure out how do I get this concept through to him and try right. different, you know, try different things and. Different children are different, you know. People are different. 
the same thing when I'm working working with people. I'm like, okay, I'm realizing this person is having a problem understanding what I'm saying the way I'm saying it. Yes. So then I have to understand what aren't they understanding. You know, what right. part aren't they understanding? What aren't they getting? And then, you know, sometimes it's associations, different things. But when your objective is to get something done, just breathe, relax, and just, you know, start to look at it and break it down to a simpler form. What's not going right? You know, right. what is off? What's off kilter? And, you know, that just helps you. That's just about problem solving. And that's why you can take a problem and break it down to a mathematical form because math is about breaking things down to a simplest form. Exactly. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll if, I, you know, if I walk forward one step... Or, you know, if I walk up, I'm adding. You know, I'm plus oneing. Right. I'm, you know, I'm moving. If I'm going backwards, I may be minus oneing. There are ways to go across. I mean, you know, your numbers, you know, can take you there. So when you, that is, I think, one of the best things about learning programming. Um, and I don't know if they teach it the old school way because at one time we had to learn um, our community college here in Philadelphia, they actually had a course that they just developed specifically to take you from the word problem to the mathematical equations and then put them in steps. Once you got that worked out, which is kind of like our own language they developed, then you would interpret that into whatever language you were working on. And at the time it was COBOL, C-TRAN, all, you know, all of those were the languages at the time. Right. But you know, taking it from the word problem to the mathematical formula and then converting it to whatever language you are working in was a great pattern. And I think that's just a great teaching method. And what I think is even great about it, just teach problem-solving skills to actually look at something and to break it down and to start to actually solve problems, which is right. a skill we can all use. Actually which is great about... Go ahead. Mm, no, that was just saying that's a great thing about um, technology, and um, it gives us a tool to help us solve problems. Absolutely. And as I said, there's a, a book I just um, posted in the uh, in the chat in the chat there that actually mm-hmm. really helped helped me um, go with my math you know my math phobia, and basically because the way this book is done, it was actually put together by kids. Um, kids actually in Japan who are learning it via comics. It approaches basically an advanced concept, Fourier analysis, but using comic strips and breaking down the Mm -hmm. math and teaching you the math. You cut out things, you color them, and you actually understand the mathematical pennings of this. And these are kids who are like 10 years old, some younger, and some older. You know, old, like people who I mean, like like elderly people learning this, and it was one of the most brilliant books I have ever seen written to help people overcome the math phobia. So, like, you can do this; it's not impossible. I tell people that when you um, when you you see a obstacle in your way, like a stick, you step over it. Guess what? You just did calculus in your head subconsciously because you had to know how high do I need to lift my leg. 
How far does it have to go over so I won't trip? How much force should I use? That's, that's differential equations that's being done in your subconscious. Yes, you can do math. You just have to learn to bring it into the real world. All right. Well, Michael, this has been great. We got 20 seconds. If anyone wants to call in, you got 15 seconds to call 646-716-7994. Um, we'll be streaming live for about nine more seconds. <laughs> but, Michael, this has been a great interview. We have learned so much, and um, your excitement excites me, makes me want to learn more which um and definitely explore more in science and engineering and um I definitely visit the group more. I always find interesting things when I go over there and I share it. So um I just um we're excited to have the show. We want everyone to get excited about STEM because it is part of our, you know, learning modules. Um and there's so much going on as he stated, nanotechnology um, where the future is, you're going to find over there in discussions on it in the STEM group. And just um, get excited about it. Again, I said share information. You'd be surprised who knows what, interesting conversations. And keep your children engaged. This, you know, generally is not too adult for them. <laughs> and, oh, not at all. Um, yeah, yeah, there you know, sometimes there are certain things that are adult conversations, but these are great conversations to share with your youth and with your children and and to allow them to hear so that um they too get excited about it. So we um wanna thank you, Michael, and all the cat science um people who tuned in, everyone who joined us in the chat room. Just, you know, keep it science, keep it technology, keep it engineering, keep it math. So, you know, stem to us all. And, Michael, we'd like to ask our guests, we'd like you to close us out. And this is our closing out question. Um, Right before we close out, I just want to invite everyone to join us at the Urban Tech Fair, www.urbantechfair.org. Click on Join. And please join us in this wonderful process of showcasing. This is what this is what's so exciting, because Michael and um, who's the group founder of Cap? I'm just don't say his name well. And Walamu Kabila. And Walamu Kabila. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I've known yep. him for years. Yeah, but I've known him for years on the internet. We have yet to meet <laughs> in person, but. Um, you know, these are just fantastic people that live in our communities. These are everyday people that could be your neighbors. They could be up the street from you. You would be surprised what exists in your neighborhood. And we have what they call Silicon Valley. There's talent, resources, and innovation. And that exists in our own neighborhoods, in our own communities, so the Urban Tech Fair is about showcasing that and then leveraging it and sh- being a demonstration of collaboration. So right. be a part of the Urban Tech Fair. We want to show the value of collaborating. So all of these tech groups and different things, we want to bring them on. They are all resources for whoever. And we want to bring, you know, we're bringing together collective information of, you know, resources that people can tune into and realize that you can 
find the information. There are a lot of, you know, free, accessible things. And we know that's one of our biggest issues is access. Yeah, that's, you know, one of the biggest things I know that a lot of people say President Obama hasn't done a lot of different things and all for black folks. But for those of you, um, I don't know, those of us, we have to navigate. We dealt with funding and grants and different things and all like that and from welfare to work to, you know, all of those funding material uh, monies that come down from federal government to our that impact our communities, but they almost never ever go to anyone within our community. And I noticed from the 90s and on, the issue is always access to the information. By the time you learn about the grant, it had been given out several million dollars to some other organization. And what they what the only reason why you learn because now they come into your community because they're just parts. They can't fully service your community without engaging some people from the community. So now they right. they got this money and they have to like how do you, how are you going to mentor kids and not deal with people from the actual community? So now they're trying right. to engage some of the programs and things in the community because they can't fulfill their whole requirement without some engaging and having to share some of the monies. That's how we used to find out, but. Mm-hmm. When Obama administration came in, he made all that information accessible. He made sure you got notices that this was out, that was available, this kind of funding, this is what we're doing. Kept everyone informed, and that access meant the world to different people were able to come to the table that we could never have come to the table before. We could never have applied. I mean, we may could have applied, but you can't apply for something you don't know exists. Right. (laughs) And what it takes to be able to. So access is so important, and that's what's, like, great about this. It's open, and it's access to information that a chance you may never would have had access to. Right. Take advantage of up, it. Have access to any of that stuff. You know, it, it, I mean, mm-hmm. it was alien to us. You yeah. know, so like I said, it was, it was that, you know, via the vehicle of science fiction, that actually started piquing my interest. So, like I said, there are, there are others out there you know, who have that same thing just from television say, hey, could this actually work? Those are the people we need Mm -hmm. to find. Yeah. And so um, that's just what's great about it. So let's take advantage. Let's use it. And that's why I said again, and let's share those conversations, allow our youth to hear them or, you know, know, share it with them, you know, Come home and hey, I like guess what I learned new today. What you learn new? This is what I learned. Oh, look at here. It's better to do that. Show them those kind of things on Facebook than <laughs> some of the other activities that we may engage. Or sometimes we don't. We just don't share with our young people. And again, that's giving them access and allowing them to experience a new reality. So. Um, that's it. That's my part. So I just ask you, my Cal, you have 30 seconds and the whole world listening. What would you have us to know? I would say this. Um, like you said, the information is out there. It's our duty, especially as African people, to make sure that, you know, that, that people know that we are part of history. We have scientists and engineers in every aspect from you know, you know, from the guy who makes a new type of you know pipe for 
you know, for plumbing to somebody working in string theory that tells how the universe works and if there are other universes. It's part of who we are as a people. Our ancestors built pyramids that's still here. You know, we came up with formulas of thing, you know, with things that nobody else did for, for thousands of years. We smelted metal beforehand. So never tell yourself or your children that science is not part of being a part of African or black culture. It very much is. It's in our blood. It's part of who we are. So we say we need to remember that. And when people say that you can't do it, just understand that they're lying. That's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael, and the CAP Science, the CAP Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math Group. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. And um, Congress of the African People, thank you. Um, you can just check them out because they address every aspect of the human experience. There's a different um, area that's addressed, a different group um, specialty that is addressed under CAP. So, um no, please, you know, work together. Let's collaborate to uplift our community and one another. Have a right. great day and see you in two weeks. All right. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. All righty. All right. This is the Digital Drummer. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.